Hello, everyone. Welcome to Popcast on the Rocks, episode 59. We're getting up there, almost 60. This is a podcast about uh, pop culture and entertainment and things that we are interested in. My name is John. I am joined once again by Andrea, and it's going to be a mishmash of a night. How's yeah, it going? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it's kind of one of those like old school episodes where we're just kind of throwing a bunch of stuff at the wall. You know, kind of covering things that we're interested in, things that we've been doing, and uh, yeah, you know, no, no central topic, but just kind of a discussion of our weeks and how everything's yeah. going. So excited! So welcome, Mike, into the chat here. Uh, thanks hey, for jumping in. It is indeed Friday when we are live streaming here. Mm-hmm. Very perceptive. Um, <laughs> things, yeah, things change this week a little bit. Yep. I had some work get in the way, and you've had some schedule adjustments too. So, yes, closing yes. out the week. Constant schedule adjustments with the baby, so that'll be a, a, probably a running theme for much of the next year. Sure. Yep. Yeah, I uh, just finished up in the field yesterday. So. Oh, you finished already? Nice work. Yep. Yep. When we when the weather's good and we can go. We're hauling, man, and just sure throwing that seed in the ground like, like that. <laughs> so yeah, just literally handfuls of seed. Yeah, yeah. I just walk through the fields and I just sort of toss it out, like just you're hold throwing your arms popcorn out like to a, birds or something. Hold your arms mm-hmm. out in like a, a windmill kind of situation, just yeah. twirl around, see yep. what sticks. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like uh, yeah. Gun or no? Well, it's a music movie. Um, popular oh, the sound of music. Musical. Yes. Yeah. And I'll have like two baskets. Around. I'm kind of twirling, <laughs> and that's Take how it easy, goes. Julie Andrews. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, I'm doing well, Mike. I hope you're doing <laughs> well. Corn and soybean seed. That's what Alan just called you. <laughs> I mean, Instead of Johnny Appleseed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. You could you could start your own little story, your own myth, your own legend right here, right now. Yeah. I've had a lot of yep. All right. Well, if you're interested in that, everybody let me know. All right. <laughs> so uh yeah, we're gonna get to just some news this week, some actually uh cool movie and some shows that are coming out. Um we're gonna get to I guess our which uh, our first impressions of Resident Evil Village. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll keep that spoiler free, so you're all safe here. Um, Andrea is missing the glamour chair, says Mike. Oh, I know my little sign on the back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> so my husband's working from home right now, and he has to use the office and this chair too. So uh, when he appears on camera in front of his students. He can't really have Andrea and sparkly Hollywood letters in the background. <laughs> or he could. Or he, he could. could. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe I should play a little prank on him one day and just slip that over the back of the chair. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, no, our office I'd is rock like it. double duty right now. Um, but you got, the, you got the professional chair? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. Yeah, okay. You got the yeah. – he's, he's stuck with the other one. Take that. Yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, this is my chair. It came from my oh. office. Like I see. 
I had to drive all the way downtown when when COVID first hit mm. and and get my chair because uh, we had this like sad little metal and plastic contraption that was killing me. So I got my fancy office chair and I love it. So and I nice. I did the work of of hauling it down you know five flights of stairs. So I feel like it's it's definitely ironed it. Mine. So, I can totally mine. Garden it. Yep. Right. A seagull from Finding Nemo. Mine, mine. Yep. <laughs> I can see it. Um, what else? What else is going on this week? Um, Fun not, things. Yeah, I things. mean, kind of a kind of a mishmash of things. Like a lot of things that I've done this week, we'll get to in the episode because uh, we've had a lot of releases on yeah. Netflix, um, and of course, Resident Evil. But other than that, played some softball again uh, for the last time without. My doctor's clearance. I just got cleared technically this week oh, to return okay. to sports. So shh, don't tell her. Oh wow! Um, Thanks for that. Oh wow! <laughs> uh, I'm so excited to get back out there. Yep, yep. I was like, oh, what do you think about me playing softball? She's like, oh, I think I think maybe you could do that if you just take it easy. I'm like, <laughs> but um, yeah. So I played some softball. I went and watched Chris play some softball, um, and then this week. He and I uh, made two of those like Hello Fresh meals, the meal kits, which we've never done before. And I was just gonna show a picture. This was the burger I made tonight. Yeah, okay. tomato, tomato, onion, jam, Gouda burger with potato wedges, and then got my American craft brew for the podcast because nice. that's a it's drinking like a sour or something. It's a hazy. Hazy, okay. Hazy IPA, yep. So, yeah. So I was pretty, I was pretty pumped. Like, I know they're pretty much fail safe, but still, <laughs> like, yeah. I, I'm sure there's somebody out there who's like, you know, totally, totally ruined a HelloFresh box, but I am not one of them. So. See, let's get the sponsorship. <laughs> I mean, that's right. Let's know how great HelloFresh is, and let's get the sponsorship. I, yeah, I just said like HelloFresh six times, so I'm pretty sure that counts. I, I'm I'm on their radar now. They're watching me. Yep. So. Yep. <laughs> we'll put that in the tag in YouTube. HelloFresh. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, well, that sounds fun. I have to say, and you put in the notes here, which is obvious, but I, being a jerk, didn't think of it. Your first Mother's Day. I didn't tell you Happy yes. Mother's Day. Ah, oh, thanks. So, yeah, Happy Mother's Day. Yes. That's it was my a bad. it was no, no, it was a very chill day. Um Chris woke me up with uh breakfast in bed, as is I believe very traditional for Mother's Day. So and I got some flowers, um, and then I got uh, a gift certificate to go out to the spa to pamper myself while he watches the baby. So that was very nice. nice. Yeah, and then uh yeah, we just, uh, he cooked me a nice um, dinner. We took a walk. We watched Thunder Force on Netflix, which is very hilarious, if a bit weird. Um, but, so you know, which one is it, that? It's Melissa McCarthy and Octavia Spencer, where. Oh, that was terrible, but but you liked it, huh? I, I did for the most part. There were, there were some okay. weird moments where I just, I feel like. Melissa McCarthy is sort of strayed into some very weird humor bits in her movies. And I think she should 
should get out of that. She, she sort of like tries to push the envelope by doing these like weird, funny things. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like she should maybe rein it in a little bit because I think she's turning people off with that. Okay. Um, and the, and without getting spoilery for anybody who does want to see Thunder Force, which I wouldn't recommend like rushing out to see, or it's like a must see. It's just kind of like a funny, you know, like if you're just looking for some more like mindless entertainment or just like a, you know, uh, an enjoyable laugh of, for a short period of an afternoon, I would say it's good. Um, yep. But she has like this whole sequence with her and Jason Bateman where they do this like 80s rock dance in some sort of like flashback thing that they're doing. And it, it just it's gets too weird. It just gets too awkward. Like they try to be funny, like it's supposed to be awkward and they're they're romancing each other, but it just it doesn't work out. So unfortunately, I think that's that's probably why people didn't maybe not just that sequence, but like those kind of moments in the show are why people I think probably weren't um that fond of it, but sure. I thought it was funny. We watched Beverly Hills Ninja. That was funny. Okay. Uh, I mean, that's one of Ashley's. Ashley likes that one a lot. And I've never seen much of it, really. I've so. never seen it at all. So. Really. Really. I mean, I mean, I, I always felt like I was the uh, the outcast for not seeing it. Is it is it like a ripoff of Beverly Hills Cop? No. Well, no. It's a it's a Chris Farley movie. So it's. Uh, oh, okay. Um, I don't know what year it came out but um no it's it's just that he's he the idea is that chris farley was like like washed up on the shore as an infant uh and is becomes trained as a ninja okay and uh there's a legend of the great white ninja oh and man they're wondering if it's him or whatever and he's te- he's a terrible ninja so <laughs> uh okay it's, it's pretty funny Okay, I actually got hard. It's it's hilarious. Yeah, I feel uh, I feel a little bit, you know, dirty for saying this, but I haven't actually seen a lot of Chris Farley's work. And I know obviously since it's his death, like, you know, he's sort of become like this almost cult like figure with like his movies. Yes. You know, like Tommy Boy, for instance, I've never seen Tommy Boy. And I just I feel like it's almost this like staple of American cinema that you're supposed to have watched, and I haven't. Yep. I mean, so. there's plenty of them. I, I, I'm with you. I, I've i seen the, uh, I don't know if it was an SNL skit, I think. Man Down Chris by the Farley. River. No, or he's doing a dance competition. <gasps> with, oh my God, uh, with Patrick, Patrick Swayze. Swayze. Yes, yeah. the Chippendales audition. Yes, I've seen that, <laughs> and then uh, Van Down by the River, his guidance counselor okay. bit on... Uh, on SNL and that's about it. Okay. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe we should be educating ourselves. Maybe we're missing out on like, you know, this comedic tour de force of, you know, um, American history, but yeah, like we could definitely do some series on older, like comedy classics and different Mm -hmm. things that we, I assuredly have not seen much of. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Like there's, uh, yeah, <laughs> Alan just goes Tommy Boy. Well, I haven't seen it, yeah. so. <laughs> right. Yeah, again, I've only seen bits and pieces, so. Yeah. Yeah. 
I know I know Chris can hear me right now and he's she just said what <laughs> oh really <laughs> yeah yeah he's, he's disappointed uh-huh. in me I also we also watched the other day because uh, I hadn't seen it Harold and Kumar go to White Castle um and he was like that and Tommy boy were like two of my college you know comedy movie staples wait you, wait, you hadn't seen Harold and Kumar no I'd never was- seen Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. I swear you'd watch that with us in nope. college. Mm-mm. I don't nope. know where I watched it, but I know it was in college, and it was, it was likely with you guys. I don't know. Okay, all right. I bet. I. I mean, I'm ninety percent sure that if you watched it with Chris, I maybe like was in and out, or like maybe caught like a piece of it, or was yeah. not really watching because I. I definitely saw that movie for the first time (laughs) (laughs) well what did you think there were bits that i definitely would have remembered like neil patrick harris like that whole Mm -hmm. character in there so um overall i liked it although i can definitely see how it would not be able to be made today because there are some jokes in there that are like oof man those are those are classic (laughs) like 90s 2000s jokes you know, like at the expense of someone else. But that's uh, comedy. Yeah. I've listened to some things about like what is what is comedy and what I don't know if we're talking about this in the podcast or not, but um what actually makes a person laugh and what is funny. Yeah. And like it's pretty it's pretty interesting because I you know, you you don't think about that. It's just innate um but yeah, how do you actually break down what is comedic and what makes us laugh and why? And there are like, it seems like three prevailing kind of uh, um, ideas behind it. Sure. And um, I guess I won't speak more on it because it's been a while since I've, I've listened to it, like what those actually suggest. But sure. uh, it was a lot deeper than I, than I had first thought. And yeah, it comes down. It does come down to though that all comedy is is at the expense of someone else. And isn't that interesting? How that's is funny that that mm-hmm. causes a reaction that like to you know um, ridicule someone or something else is right. what brings us amusement. You know, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's um, I mean, even if like a comedian is you know self-ridiculing or you know self-deprecating humor it's still at their own expense and it's not at at our the audience expense so why do we find that so funny it's at someone's expense yep yep but um yeah 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 i uh i watched uh a couple of different things for the first time so clearly like into comedy right now even though that's not what we're going to be talking about on the show (laughs) but yeah uh, yeah, watched some new new comedic movies for the first time, and you know it's good. It's nice yeah. to let loose and have a laugh. Well, uh, Housewives can be pretty comedic. <laughs> Did you? I was laughing. I have to say, at the first two episodes of New York. Okay, I didn't get to watch them yet. Okay. Recorded. Okay. I didn't get to see them, but they're good. They're it's prom- like a promising season. Um, I'm not sure. It they're a little bit uneven. So I I quite like the new housewife, Ebony. 
she is very just like straightforward, very like, oh my God, these white women. Like, and, and she also like kind of brings the, the humor, um, you know, kind of at, at Ramona and Sonia's expense, which, you know, like who hasn't at some point, uh, cause they're up to their usual antics. Um, but the, the second episode, I'm not going to give too much away here, uh, but they decide to have a dinner at Ramona's house in the Hamptons and they decide that it's going to be Burning Man themed. And, and it's just weird. It just, okay. right. it just doesn't work mostly because it's only the housewives who are there. You know what I mean? Like, they're still filming in COVID time, so they can't really, like, have, like, bunches of people. And that's what Burning Man is. It's, like, a festival. Sure. You know, with with crowds of people and concerts and, like, you know, it's kind of, like, off the walls crazy. And it just doesn't work with only five people. But it's kind <laughs> of hilarious to watch I mean, try. isn't that, like, you know, so often now adult parties is just, like, a small handful of people. Woo! You know, it's not like the big clubbing kind of house right. party. Right. Well, and like, that's fine. But then just don't like have the theme of your party be like big club party with five people. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because then they, then they have know. like stuff in the background. They have like performers that come and they have like a stage set up. And it's like, but you're still only five people. <laughs> I, I'm gonna we're gonna have a party it's gonna be Coachella themed and <laughs> you're gonna get here and it's just gonna be Ashley and I with glow sticks just, yeah. just through us, you know and uh well yeah. I will I will commit damn it but uh <laughs> and and these women do they definitely commit but uh, yeah it's it's a bit weird so we'll have like but watch it and off- see what you think I guess <laughs> We'll have, like, Axe-scented water that we're going to, like, mist in the air that's, like, people's sweat. You know, just imagine people are here and all over and they're getting wet and, uh. Right, yeah. Just just yep. create like, the feel without the bodies. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's, yep. All right. So, yeah, definitely, no ideas. definitely watch it and see what you think because it, it was interesting to me. But, uh, yeah, yes. I like Ebony so far, so that's good. Okay. Yeah, we'll get there. We did watch the Dallas reunion, okay. uh, which was I good. I always get out of that. I don't you know did? why. Oh, yeah, I thought that uh, New York was on, and they were still mm. it, like beginning the Dallas reunion. So I was like, "What the hell?" Like, I'll just, you know, stay here sure. and watch this. So I, I had almost no context for what was right. going on, but I saw the fight between Tiffany and. Um, Cameron. Oh, shoot. Yes. Yep. Thank you. Over, obviously, her whole reaction to uh, their dim sum day. Yep. So. Everything is getting um, getting pretty blown out of proportion everywhere. And, like, like I thought that ultimately the – it always surprises me. The reunions, the way they go. Well, first you have the season, you see all the terrible stuff. And they say things on their, uh, what do you call them? Their breakdowns. You know, their, yeah, confessional. That you're like, why are you saying that? You know yep. they're going to hear that, okay? Yep. Why are you doing this right now? And so then, obviously, it finishes and 
it airs, everybody gets to see it again. So now right. the season ends and they're all kind of in a nice place or most of them or whatever. And then they see it and get to the reunion and now they're fighting again. And there's right. chance that they've been fighting on social media till they get to that point. So it's mm -hmm. been made all worse. Then you have where you often make up on the reunion and then it continues on social media again immediately. That's yeah. what happened here. There was a fresh start. They hugged and it's like we're we're moving. And then that night, that night they were at it on Twitter. Yeah. So, ah, oh, sad. Yeah, social media is the worst. Like seriously, just everybody takes it the wrong way. Like yep. whatever your intentions are, and they're like, oh, I didn't intend. And when I put it out there, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, no, no, no. whatever your intentions are, forget it. What is the yep. worst possible interpretation of what you're about to say? Because that's what people are going to find. So I, think about that first. <laughs> I wonder how, um, well, being we're talking about Twitter, actually, I should. Yeah. <laughs> I, just want, I wanted to bring up that I someone blocked me on Twitter and I tr like I've been a little more active than I want to be on Twitter. I usually kind of go in those phases and I'm like, okay, I just let's not use it or whatever, you know, but um, I don't do much. And so I was surprised when I got blocked for, I, I think it's just because something I said got a lot of responses and likes and stuff. And so the guy's probably getting a ton of notifications or whatever. Um, so it's not like I was bombarding him. He was just getting notified constantly or whatever. Sure. So I don't even remember what it was about now. Um, it is a weird sensation, oh. though, like being blocked, being like somebody yeah. cared enough to like, yeah. you know, be like, no, no. <laughs> no, I, I remember what it was about now. And it's kind of relevant okay. to the podcast. So basically there was someone that tweeted about what is your favorite what are some games that no matter how old they get, you keep coming back to them? Oh, um, okay. And okay. So benign question, you know, yeah. I, I answered, you know, I had said a couple games I liked, you know, I go back to mist and Tetris and some of that. Um, and, but then inevitably some people have to not answer the question. And one person says like, you know, Basically to the effect of, well, I've, I play this new thing now. It's called life or whatever. And I've no. given, you know, video games, you know, I'm not childish anymore kind of thing or whatever. Yes, well, you're of so course clever. that got some responses, you know, mm -hmm. and I just asked this person, what, what is it about the medium of video games that is what is different about video games that is uh, meaningfully different than any other form of entertainment, whether it's movies or television and books or whatever, you know, um, sure. you know why is that the case? And so um, that was it. My interaction wow. with this guy and got a lot of, a lot of, again, a lot of likes or whatever. And so then he ended up blocking a few people, I guess. But, but then this person that originally tweeted said, you know, yeah, he basically parroted my thing and what, what is it like it why are video games still the stigmatized thing and some people will chime yeah. in well it's the newer medium when it first started it, like it had the you know it was uh all children that were gravitating towards it you know sure. so you called out like how every time there's a new form of entertainment it's always 
it's always ridiculed. You know, it's always not given credibility, whether it's first it's theater or then it's, you know, music or whatever. It's always has a, a set of people that, well, it's not what was before. So therefore it's no good. Yep. And, uh, but anyways, it was an interesting discussion that I, uh, saw take place and, and stuff like that. Yeah. I feel like it's, it's funny how long gaming has had this stigma of, you know, nerdiness in, in a bad way. You know what I mean? Like only nerds play video games and like you're stuck in the basement and you know, like you don't, you're like a pale, you know, unhealthy type of person because you're probably like, you know, drinking Mountain Dew and eating Cheetos and stuff. You know what I mean? Like there's just like this really big stigma about what it is to be a gamer. And I don't know why that stereotype has stuck so hard in people's minds when, you know, gaming itself has grown into such a large portion of the entertainment industry. And you can see so many different types of people who are gamers and why can't we like break out of this weird like accusatory stereotype of like oh i play i don't play games i play real life you nerd like yeah yep it's just so interesting to yeah, me yeah they'll go home and they'll watch you know they'll binge watch something for right it's like somehow yeah it's... somehow that's different somehow that's like highbrow you know entertainment or like acceptable entertainment but i i have a like a theory i guess that i mean in part, uh, in part, we have the media to blame and politicians on uh, from time to time something violent is violent, games, or something yeah. is whatever mm-hmm. you know, and so there's a new attempt at legislation or or something, you know, and it's it's people that usually are older and haven't played them yet. So then you, you know, you talk about something you don't really know or understand, um, and then also the um, the the narrative of addiction gets kind of pushed around again legis- through legislation or media it's always about like video game addiction and some organization actually classified that as a, a official thing um maybe last year or the year, year before maybe and um i think it's that because it is easier to become addicted to video games because they don't end necessarily mm-hmm. Sure. You know, you can play a game. Some games are specifically designed not to end, mm-hmm. you know. And so if you think about a music album, it's an album. And I mean, now you can lump it all together and say, well, music, well, there's endless music, you know. Right. But um, there is not that sort of there's an input to video games that provides uh, a, a positive feeling, giving you the dopamine and then continuing to to pour your energy into this thing. So it, sure. I think it's easier to let it become something unhealthy. And sure. so people see that and think, well, then therefore that expands to everyone, but it's kind mm-hmm. of, to me, that's no different than alcohol. You right. Know, you know, you can like alcohol and enjoy it and whatever. And if you have some, you're fine. If you have way too much, it's by definition too much. So. Right. Well, you can be addicted to anything, you know, yeah. I mean, anything can kind of take over your life, including TV or movies, you know, or what, whatever your particular vice happens to be. So, yeah. So I don't know why gaming 
like you said, still gets this like stigma of like, you know, we need legislation to address it. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. One of those people's like, I, I go out and I, I fly planes and I, you know, you know, climb mountains right? and drive sports cars and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, uh, well, what if, and someone, <laughs> someone responded, what if I told you, you could do all those things and <laughs> still play video games? Like, oh, I was thinking like, what if I told you you could do all those things in a video game? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause you yeah, can. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, that was that's, that. yeah. That's funny. That's a that's a very interesting reason to be blocked on Twitter. Also, that person sounds incredibly pompous and not somebody I would want to meet in real life. Well, and that's a thing. And see, this is part of the where you get with Twitter. Like other people went to his page, then they mm -hmm. screenshotted other things he'd said, and it just sounds like yeah, he's a dour, sour kind of guy that wants to complain mm -hmm. about everything. Well, okay, you know, but we don't have to like try to ruin this guy's day now no it's something stupid or you know foolish you know it's not yeah yeah it's it's a weird especially on social media it's a weird like you want to be like well pot kettle like you know who are you to just like you know rain on other people's parades but then, you know, you don't want to, like you said, go go and ruin his day. Like, that's not the way to be like, I'm I'm better yeah. than this or I can rise above this or we all can. But, yeah, like, why well, why does he feel the need to, like, come there and give that, like, little sarcastic put down to everybody who's, yeah. like, genuinely like, oh, you know, what what games do you enjoy? Yeah. You know, I mean, like you know, we got into this with the Real Housewives being on Twitter and stuff. And I just, because it's different when you're having a discussion with someone or, you know, messaging back and forth, but, and you can criticize each other or whatever you want. But as soon as um, the dog pile begins, mm -hmm. like the, I think people don't understand the, uh, like, the magnitude that that creates when like the overwhelming feeling essentially mm -hmm. you know you can have a disagreement and what you disagree so it's like not a big deal like i didn't say much but then when 40 other people do it too right. Right. all of a sudden it feels like a wave that's against you and automatically the response feels disproportionate yes even though everybody's could potentially just respectfully i don't agree you know right thing. Right, it's, it's it's an individual response, but like so many individual responses creates this like amplification that you yep. said, yeah, it can feel overwhelming. Yep, and then you feel compelled to respond. You know, you can see that with the housewives. You know, they say something, someone doesn't like it, then a whole bunch of other people don't like it, and then now they feel compelled to respond to it, and it just snowballs. Yes. And I wonder if, I wonder how much better social media would be if we just say eliminated all the people from there not not actually i'm just saying like <laughs> in this uh like pretend scenario here um, okay. that everybody was gone um that just their point of being there is to try to elicit a response an emotional response from someone 
Like how much better would like is that? It would be lar- great. <laughs> I feel like it's a very large percentage of people yeah. that are literally just I'm going on here to try to poke beehives. Right. Unfortunately, the problem would be like, how would you search those people out? Like, you know, no, how I'm, to find yeah, I just people. like just as a but yes, theoretically, yeah, yeah. If you if you could discern those people, absolutely, I am with you. Uh, unfortunately, there's no like algorithm to do that. So it'd be like humans trying to like sift through like individual profiles to be like, oh, this person only tweets, you know, responses to things and, you know, so and we got we to kick them out there or whatever. Works, but yeah. In this magical pretend but world yes. where it'd be perfect. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So anyways, I just try to keep, uh, keep all that in perspective anytime I engage or do something on there. So, mm-hmm. Um, we had asked, or I had asked you before who you thought would win in my comic from the seventies, the deadly hands of Kung Fu, Iron Fist versus Shang-Chi. Yes. So, um, I believe, you know, not having much to go on, you chose Shang-Chi. I did. (laughs) All right. Um, and do we have a winner to this like 1976 comic book? Deadly Hands of Kung Fu. Uh, they both won. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Very classic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was, they were forced to fight against each other. And, um, you know, as, as happens. And then we're, we're by able circumstance to. circumstance or by people? Um, by a person creating okay. a circumstance where they must fight. Yeah. Okay. And uh, they managed to to get to have to fight a little bit, and it's it's written kind of interestingly, where it's it's there's dialogue boxes or like you, what you're usually the boxes are what they're thinking, but it says you, you know, like it's kind of trying to place you as the reader in oh. their shoes. Uh, it's. It's odd. Um, okay. Or I don't know. I don't know what like how you would cons- consider this. You know, as a writer, I don't know what this would be. Uh, sure. I should have brought it in here to read like a. Uh, yeah, a I'm just thinking like what's what's like a sample line of dialogue. Is it like? It's it's like talking if you're talking in your head uh-huh. about yourself, um, but not saying I, saying you. Okay. Okay. So. Like you're thinking in your head, um, oh yeah, collapsing, and you dodge to the left. I get it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and so there be separate thought bubbles essentially for Iron Fist and Shang Chi, and that, okay. that's how they would do that. So interesting, and they did it yeah. for both of them. So you're kind of yeah. like imagining yourself on both sides. All right, interesting. Did you like that? Like, was it? Did it? Do you feel like it drew you in more? Like you were like. I'm in here too, or was it off-putting? Well, I'm, I'm feeling up. like it's off-putting, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed reading it, but it was it did stand out. So, sure. I, otherwise, I think that it, uh, yeah, I mean, it was cool. It was cool. I've never I've never read a comic book, an American comic book, from before um, the '80s. I don't think maybe an X-Men one somewhere in there. But uh, yeah, usually I haven't been that old, so it was interesting. 
And it was the, the the comic was filled with like ads for, you know, you don't have to be scrawny anymore, you know, uh, do this exercise program and you can <laughs> like me, the, the perfect physical specimen, specimen of a man. Oh, like, why? and they had a guy posing and stuff and it's like in quotes, like, like he had won an award. You can get a trophy, uh, if you do this and there's, you know, you can cut out the thing and send in for like the exercise tapes and stuff or whatever. Oh my God, you should there do it. Tape, it still exists. <laughs> <laughs> There's a home like Kung Fu and karate um, one. Okay. It's in, in, yeah, so you could send in and it would teach you that. So they definitely were reading their audience. This Kung Fu magazine was like, hey, you know, children and teenage boys, you want to be tough and cool and muscular right. and all this, like, sign up for this. I can see kids in the 70s. Mom, dad, you know, send this in. Dude, you should see if that still exists. Like, you never know. Yeah, could be. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, anyways, um, what else? What else is going on in your week? Um. Well, I finished Shadow and Bone, the book. So I started Shadow and Bone on Netflix. So far, so good. I can definitely see how the show is deviating from the books, but not not in big plot points, just sort of like in little details. Um, So we'll see see what I what I think by the series end because I'm I'm sort of watching half out of I really liked the book and I really enjoyed it, so I'm hoping I enjoy the series, and half out of, like, the curiosity of is the series really better than the book, as many reviewers have claimed, so. Is, does it feel like the book? I mean, do they hit the tone and the Yeah. Felt- yeah, I think so. I think the the show is a little bit more mature than the books, but I think that serves it well. I think it's more appealing that way. It's a little less like teen angsty, even though they still are teenagers. You know, they're movie teenagers where they always seem like 50 times more grown up because they're, of course, played by 20-something year olds. Uh-huh. So the the teen drama is a little, you know, removed from how young they are. Um, but I think I think it works. I think it's good. I... Uh-huh. That was one thing that I noticed in reading. That's one thing I actually noticed in reading a lot of like teen young adult books. Like now as an adult, it's like, wow, yeah, okay, they really are. <laughs> Which, you know, they say right on there, that's that's their market. But, you know, you just don't like really feel that when you're that age. And then when you're a little bit older. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> These are a little tiny. I, I usually age up or down characters kind of in my head mm-hmm. depending on you know like harry potter reading through it age yeah. was a little different just changed a little bit you just subconsciously you don't have to like try to do it you just sort of do yeah. and um i do that with anime all the time too i'm oh, like yeah. i'm gonna ignore that these ladies with their boobs hanging out are 13 I'm gonna right ignore because, or, or or that they're <laughs> fighting who knows what and yeah. about to die, you know, like all the stuff that teenagers or preteens uh, probably shouldn't would, be doing. Yeah, wouldn't be doing. Yeah, yeah. So it uh, it definitely helps. Like my my um, 
you know, kind of mental imaging of the book, you know, now being translated on the screen, it helps like focus that as, yeah, this is looking a little bit older in the series. Okay. Okay. So, so far, so good. Nice. Um, well, why don't we go over the drink holidays and then we have some shared things we did this week and mm-hmm. began and stuff like that before we get to some news and this kind of connects to the news and all that stuff. Um, you already mentioned one of the drink holidays. That's right. Uh, so it is through Sunday, May 10th to May 16th is American Craft Beer Week. And I happen to have a American Craft Beer here. It is from Spiral Brewery in Hastings, Minnesota. It's called the Downward Spiral, and it is their hazy IPA. And it's quite good. Empty. Getting empty. I know, I know. Well, I had it with Tell dinner, too. servants to bring you another. I know, another. Just Thor style it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I had some of it with dinner because, of course, like I grilled burger and fries, and then I had to have a beer pairing with it, and it was quite delicious. So Nice. Definitely recommend Mike, if, you're, if you're into IPAs. Mike, the fitness trainer, if you're in chat, you want you want to t- uh, like chime in to how healthy Andrea's <laughs> habits are right now, being you've uh in the past. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I'm a new mom and I'm feeding my kids, so I I get an extra 600 calorie a day limit. So, <laughs> oh, okay. nice 600 right. calories of beer. That's right. They didn't say what they had to be from, so yeah. <laughs> Cookies, fries, burgers, and beer. That's what's up. Extra meal. Yep. Basically, kind of. I mean, I want, like, how many calories? This is interesting now. I never thought of this. How many calories does that convert to in milk, then? I so, mean, like, I'm guessing I mean, it's got to be close-ish. Cause, but I don't because know. Because... Yeah, because 600 calories in, is it, like, that efficient that it's 600 calories out? Right. I mean, it must be because, um, or, or like I said, it must be close because um, I have lost, like, all of my baby weight and uh, have actually lost more. Um, okay. and, I'm, and I'm eating an extra 600 calories a day. So, I mean... I'm I'm sure that's not the case for every mom, so I don't want to like promise anything to anybody. Like, yeah, have a baby; it's the new diet. Um, <laughs> but, but it must be close. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no yeah, way they well, would tell you to eat that many calories and and try to make you gain weight. Right, but I suppose you have 600 calories, and then you have to take into factor like your metabolism spinning right, up, I'm processing. and you know. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's got to be some energy consumed out of that. I just right. wonder how much that is. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I'm, I am gonna go. I mean, I don't need to do it right now, but I'm gonna look this up <laughs> because now yeah. I'm curious. I never and- thought of it before, but it's like that's yeah. Hmm. Nope, just more of the learning experiences you get when you have a kid. You mean that was- manga we gave you didn't say <laughs> talk about that? Unfortunately, no, because she she gives up um, breastfeeding like four weeks after she's she, well. Oh. They did talk about that because uh, she wasn't able to. She wasn't able to keep it up, um, so she has to give up um, breastfeeding. But they did talk about the fact that like 
now she when she eats whatever she wants because she was so used to that with feeding her kid she's like oops like now I'm getting weight I can't have like six donuts during the day and it's just like magically fine so well, I'm sure that'll be the thing when you stop then it's it's always tough to shrink a person's stomach exactly oh, but I can't eat this anymore like as soon as you stop stop lifting weights or whatever and then go it's exactly yep. yeah yeah I'm unfortunately and I'll be so set in my ways too because it's the same thing with pregnancy. Like you eat, um, you know, like 500 to 600 extra calories because you're not supposed to be eating for two. You're really eating for like one and a quarter or one and a third. Yeah. Um, and so that just like kind of carries over into like feeding your actual kid once they're, you know, on the outside. Um, but yeah, when you think about that, that's like almost two years that I'll have been eating yeah. that way. And then when I, I have to stop. Have fun, Andrea. Oh, I'm going to be so <laughs> cranky. <laughs> but, you know, it, I've found then, I honestly have had the, uh, like, the hardest time losing the weight I want ever in the last few months or whatever. Like, I've never, I've never had a problem losing weight when I want to, like, kind of just buckle down and drink lots of water and stuff. And I've had more trouble recently or whatever, but I like for whatever reason, but it seems to me like if you're restrict on it and you just like water it, your stomach shrinks pretty fast, really. Like it really does. And maybe when you get older, it doesn't kind of like skin or something like that. Yeah, your metabolism slows down and it's just, you know, it's just a little bit harder. Um, not to say you can't do it, but yeah, it's just, it takes a little bit more concentrated effort. Mm-hmm. So, but I sure get grumpy when it's that yeah. little bit I'm trying yep. to shrink my stomach. So, yep. So yeah, so I better, uh, better enjoy the, the extra beers while I can. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is a, this is American craft beer week. So I'm representing and I'm guessing you're not representing May 9th was uh, World Moscato Day, but having seen your glass earlier, I believe you're representing yesterday, May 13th, World Cocktail Day. What yes. have you got for us? So I have a Blackberry old Blackberry Peanut Butter Old Fashioned. Okay. So I was with you when you were saying Blackberry Old Fashioned. Tell me about the Blackberry Peanut Butter Old Fashioned. So here is uh, Screwball for the for the video viewers. Screwball okay. whiskey, and it's a peanut butter whiskey. So, um, yeah, it's thirty-five uh, percent. Does it taste like peanut butter? Or? It does. It okay. Does. It it really is more like a liqueur, I would say. Okay. So it's kind of unfair to call it an old fashioned because I've seen some recipes and, but you don't need to add any sugar like you normally would or whatever. Uh, or some people add grenadine that are blasphemous, whatever. All these things you don't have to add uh, okay. because it's sweet enough. So this is basically a glass of this peanut butter whiskey with bitters, blackberries, and uh, an orange wedge. So, right. but yeah, it's it's very good. Okay. Highly recommended. Okay. It looks really good. I just, I wasn't sure about the, the blackberry peanut butter combination. Oh yeah. I mean, yep. you know, for, for like a peanut butter, blackberry jam sandwich, like I again would have been with you, but I don't know. A drink need, just sounds uh, so different. 
Oh no, we need Alan to have a key that that's like an oh yeah button. <laughs> when you talk about peanut butter, blackberry, old fashions, that's an oh yeah button right there. <laughs> oh yeah. We're gonna get like a radio show, just have our little side sound effects and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I think people get a little carried away with those, but uh, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, that's great. Um. It's delicious. I hope you all out there are celebrating with us in some form or fashion, or old fashion, that is. Ah, um, nice. <laughs> so um, a lot of stuff was out this week, um, yeah. even just on today, that is Friday. Uh, before yeah. we get to that, I guess we can talk about Resident Evil Village just a little bit. Mm-hmm. So to give everybody sort of the, um, the heads up, we're intending to have a guest or two in the coming weeks. Uh, we're, we're trying to up our guest count to begin with, but in the coming weeks have a guest on or two to talk about Resident Evil Village once we've kind of gotten done with it. And then we can talk about um, how the, the game is, how it compares to other games in the franchise, what games we like in the franchise, what we have to compare and contrast on and all that stuff, and uh, how it stacks up. And um, But... We've both started, yes, so we can kind of give first impressions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've just sort of barely tiptoed into into the world. Um, you know, obviously got through the the setup of the story, um, and then through the first couple of cutscenes and exploring the West Old Village right now. Okay. So. Have you gotten farther yeah. than the West Village? Yeah, yep. I uh, okay. it is a pretty long intro, and yes, uh, yes I've gotten into the castle and okay. done stuff in there. So okay. I've played for mm, three hours, maybe. Okay. Uh, and um, I really like it so far. I do too. I am. I'm a fan. So I'm I've been very excited to keep going. I just had a work pause here yep. and I'm hoping to um make substantial ground or or finish it this weekend. We'll see. So mm-hmm. yeah, 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 I'm hoping with uh Chris being home I'll be able to get a little bit more gameplay in just because gaming is a little bit trickier with a baby because you can't just like pause when I need to go to her. You know, like mm-hmm. I can put I can put down a book or I can hit pause on a show or whatever. And it's like, OK, like, you know, now I'm over there. Yep. If I'm in the middle of a cutscene, like I can't. I, well, I mean, I can just, you know, leave and go to the bait, but I don't want to because I don't mm-hmm. really get that, you know, storyline piece back. So or I can't sure. just like stop like fighting and be like, oh, you know, got to go get the baby now. So so it is a little bit trickier to time out um, playing a game that way but i'm hoping you know like i said with chris home and he can watch the baby a little bit so i can get in some good good solid hours this weekend nice yeah i um i was listening to some people talk the other day some gaming people that were bringing up isn't it interesting how portable gaming was always deemed as like more of a kid's thing Mm-hmm. amongst video game stuff, you know, you're playing a Game Boy or something like that in the backseat of the car when you're driving someplace or on the bus or whatever. Right. And um, 
how once you become a parent, you really all of a sudden appreciate something like the Nintendo Switch again. Yep. Uh, because, <laughs> you know, people are like, something I can play while my kids are calling all over me, or yep. you're rocking them to sleep, you're you know, yep. waiting for them to, to fall asleep, or something like that. These little things where you can just... And there's so many games that are pick up and play, and with the Switch, you can, you can literally just, like, lock it. It just yep. goes to sleep, and that's yep. it. And you turn it back on, you're right back in it. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I can see that that convenience for sure because, um, and I, I think that it's part of the reason. I mean, I think there's a litany of reasons, but it's, it's just another uh, another check checkbox for the switch in like mm -hmm. a niche that it serves. Absolutely, um, absolutely, so, yeah. yeah. Can can testify, um, you know, anything that you can have handy. You know, I mean, gaming on your phone, gaming on the switch, whatever. Um, when you're, you know, putting your kid down or like you said, rocking them to sleep and stuff like that. Um, you know, even when you're, you know, waiting for them to get done, like finishing a bottle or something, it's just like, man, it's so much easier than trying to like juggle a controller and a kid and yeah. like, you know, even like the, the volume and intensity that, you know, you want to play with a console, it just doesn't really yeah. work with a kid. <laughs> Yep. They can tune out some background noise, but gaming is such like up and down, you know, between right. like quiet and like the, the intensity of a cutscene or, you know, the intensity of like, oh, now I'm battling a boss and like the music is, you know, intense. Yeah. You're, you know, unfortunately, that doesn't really work with a baby. And I mean, in fairness, like those big cinematic games, that's how you want to experience them. Yeah, absolutely. But it's just like. It's just, uh, you, just can't you find multitask. yourself, yeah, you find yourself gravitating towards different kinds of games on the Switch often. There's games that are like, I want, there's been games that have been on Game Pass. I'm like, I want this one on Switch though. Like, yep. because I'm usually playing it docked, but man, it's nice when you're in bed or you're, or Ashley's watching something and I can be next to her and play, you know, like you could, these other kinds of games where, yes. um, it, uh, like, they're no less good. They're just a different style, and it works so well for that kind of drop-in, drop-out thing. For so. sure. Yeah, Resident Evil is definitely not a drop-in, drop-out. I mean, obviously, you can, mm -hmm. you can turn it off, on and off and, and leave it, but, yeah, it's just not quite the same. Just like, oh, like, that was that was a fun, you know, little 30 minutes. Like, now I'm done. It's, you know, you got, you yeah. got to sit down and play it. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, what what I have been able to get into has been fun. Um, the I feel like they give you a lot of setup to get used to the mm -hmm. controls and get used to like you know how you're going to be moving around um, from your perspective, like your first person perspective, um, yeah. which I, which I feel like all works very well. Sure. You know? Yeah. Yep. Um, well, thematically similar is mm -hmm. Castlevania. Mm -hmm. um on netflix season four the final season yes. property based on a video game has uh I, I won't say begun it released um thursday mm -hmm. yesterday um and i am three episodes in i am one you're one okay <laughs> so we're also going to bring on a guest uh he was on before to talk about castlevania previously um, so that'll be coming up in, uh, well, maybe potentially very shortly. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, it's 
10 episodes long this season mm-hmm. and every episode gets done and i just we just want to continue the next one they go by so fast too they do yeah like stop because it's like we're just gonna blow through this and then castlevania is gonna be done <laughs> so like uh, yeah i yeah. kind of want to rewatch it when we're finished or something you know at some point like i feel like it would be a really good show to marathon or or you know yeah yeah. Well, it'd be it'd be very easy to marathon. Uh, the episodes are nice and short, though they pack a lot in. Not in an overwhelming mm. way. They they just the pace of Castlevania. I really really enjoy. Um, their writers just know how to pack enough into an episode where you're following everything, but it just flies right by. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it'd be fun to go back and just like binge it, especially because Chris is convinced that he didn't watch the first season. And I don't know how that's even possible because it's like four it's episodes long. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, <laughs> so it's like I, a short movie. Yeah. So I just feel like maybe, you know, he just doesn't remember because it was so long ago or something. But yeah, so I'm I'm pretty sure we'll go back and and binge it um, or at least I'll, we'll rewatch the first season. But I feel like that's well, just to me, me wanting to rewatch the second and third. So, yeah, to me, the way <laughs> to do it is to. Um, watch the first season as a film. Turn mm-hmm. off the lights, turn up the sound, watch the first season as a film. And then maybe, you know, however you want to pace the rest of it, two episodes a day or something like that. Because sure. season one, yeah, being sh- so short as sort of the test case, setting everything up is um, is really, I think, best enjoyed back to back to back. Um, and then season two is the one that gets slower. Yes. That's the... So that's the one that they can they bring in a whole lot more stuff. They kind of expand the world and they take too long to do that, in my yes. opinion. But once that's done, it, then it's just like rocking. It's just, yeah. I, I hope people don't sleep on this show that maybe aren't used to watching something animated um, because I just think it's very well handled. Um, mm-hmm. it's, I, I, I like everyone's story. Yeah. That's uncommon in a show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, everybody's got pull. Everybody's interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I think, uh, you know, if if anybody out there is, is hesitant on animated series, this is one of the best ones. So, you know, this this would be my recommendation for anybody looking to, to dive into an animated series. So, um, off topic, is if there was one show, one television show that you could make me watch that we would talk about on this podcast, do you have anything in mind? Oh my goodness. That's like, it's like John, such, you must watch this show. We will discuss like, it. So huge. Um, probably. Okay. Does it have to be current? Is it like anything no. ever? Anything ever. Anything ever. Um, Buffy. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How long yep. is that? Seven seasons. Seven seasons. Mm-hmm. Oh yep. Yep. Uh, I loved it, though. Like, the, okay. the first... To be honest, like, the first three are my absolute just, like, favorite. Oh. Like, they're just... Okay. amazing amazing cinema or excuse me media because it's a television mm-hmm. show of course um the first three are just so insanely good 
and four through seven are still good. They're just they're a little bit the same because it it suffers from that like the first three are in high school, and okay. it, the show just like has its rhythm. It it has its footing. Like everything just fits, and then we move into the Buffy the college years, and. Mm-hmm. Like any show that moves from high school to college, it suffers a little bit. So it struggles to like move into that next chapter, but it's still really good. And it's, and it's, I think peak Joss Whedon. Like it's not Joss Whedon trying to take over justice league and messing (laughs) up all that business. Not saying much to me. Yeah. No, I know this is like, Peak, 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 Joss Whedon. Okay. So I absolutely love the series and uh, definitely spawned some excellent. Um, oh, thank you, Alan. Um, definitely spawned an excellent um, spinoff in Angel and then also uh, continued into a season eight in a comic series, which is really, really good. Hmm. So. Okay. Yeah, quite a bit of fun. I and that's definitely like the show that defined like my teen, you know, TV watching years on the WB. Yep, I can I can see that. I can see you like ready yeah. to be Buffy. Yep, absolutely. I definitely dressed as her for Halloween, like at least once, probably twice. Um, yeah, I was not like a Dawson's Creek kind of girl. I was a Buffy kind of girl. <laughs> <laughs> Dawson's Creek. Yeah, I didn't yeah. watch any of that. St- I didn't watch any of that stuff, man. I don't know. I, I don't know where I, I went. I tried to watch Dawson's Creek because it was like there was like that '90s like nostalgia that was going around, and like they they had like a Dawson's Creek reunion, and everybody was like, "Oh, remember when we watched this?" And I was like, mm-hmm. "Okay, I'll give it a shot." No, no, I didn't even last like a season. I was done. Couldn't. So handle. does Buffy hold up? Have you rewatched some of it? Absolutely, like, yeah, and I'm making Chris rewatch it because when I found out he hadn't watched it, like that was like grounds for divorce. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> the father of my child will not live his life without seeing Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Wow. So, um, a- yeah, so we've been rewatching it together, and I, I really still think those first three seasons hold up very well. We haven't gotten into like four, five, and six, and seven yet, so I'll have to see. But yeah, it does hold up. Okay. All right, all right, all right. Um, let's see. And other things that are older that hopefully hold up. Uh, <laughs> Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Mm-hmm. Um, Ashley is playing that as we speak. She's very excited. That's her like epic, like new Star Wars movie is out kind of thing. Right. But uh, so. Yeah, I've never really experienced those. I've tried starting the first one a couple times and just just can't. Yeah, just didn't. Um, I'm sure that's my fault, and I'm sure this new one would be better. You know, they've kind of modernized stuff a little bit, I guess. So, yeah, I might try it yet, but <laughs> still be it's... playing it for a while, and I'm not gonna buy a separate copy myself or whatever. So. Sure. Sure. It's so hard when you really want to like something and you've started it so many times and you just like can't get there. You know, mm-hmm. I I always oh. I always go back to like that anime K that I really wanted to like because. Of oh, that. but that got so bad. 
Yeah. I really yeah. wanted to like it. And I started it like four different times and like the visuals on it were so cool. And yeah. then it was just, the story just was terrible yeah. and I couldn't get into it. Well, do you ever feel like you've just, the time has passed? Yes. You know? Yes. You only get a certain amount of tries to start something and then you're just, you know, you just can't do it anymore. It's I like, mean, I got to move I, on. I got other stuff. Yeah. I, I remember when Mass Effect, the first one came out, Xbox exclusive. I remember that it looked really cool. I wanted to play it. Didn't get around to playing it. Everybody else, you know, around was in the press and whatever. Oh, it's a great game. And then two. And like I just, but by the two, time two came out and stuff, it's like, well, I, I didn't play the first one. And so I just didn't get into it. I think, mm -hmm. I think during this time I was really getting into the uncharted games. And so sure. it's just like, my games I'm playing, I'm playing the Uncharted trilogy and stuff, and I just didn't do yeah. Mass Effect. Yep. And um, yeah, it and, almost and feels it's like, been years and years. So yeah, it almost feels like there's a cultural moment where you're like, yeah, you're partially playing the game because you want to, but also because it's like the thing of the moment, and people are talking about it, and it's you know, mm. it's exciting at that moment in time. But when you when you're like trying to start it years later, you're just like, how? Ah, but nobody's into it, and nobody's talking about it. So, you know, it just becomes yeah. less that you have to, so you don't. It's it's definitely not a necessity, and like Ashley doesn't seem to understand this, I guess. But I oh. I I think it does enhance things. I do, yes. I do think that the the cultural like oneness with something when you know there's a large group of people that are on to something and playing it now, watching it now or whatever, uh, is a more satisfying thing than, well, I missed the party, you know? Right. Exactly. I showed up and I'm dancing myself now. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. No, I totally get that. But yeah, she's liking it so far. So Good. that's good. Uh, that's that. Uh, Famicom Detective Club is out today. There's a couple games that uh, are being released here now. I, um, they're like, I don't know. I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd say visual novel style games. I I, I don't know too much mm -hmm. about them, but they're you going through these mystery stories um, that uh, I might pick up sometime. That sounds cool. I I'm into that kind of thing. I played Tangle Tower um on apple arcade and it's on other things now too or whatever and it's just it's so good it's so good and so this is kind of providing a great mystery to experience or solve then i'm for that too so for sure and it's like the old school kind of gameplay like almost like a choose your own adventure type of you know like they got the the little like um thought bubbles that like are typed out and then you get to like choose like, Oh, like interview this person or like talk, you know, talk to this person. Um, yep. and it always reminds me of like the video game version of choose your own adventure books. Yeah. So, right. Yep. Which, which was really popular a while back. Yeah. Um, but now we have D and D so yeah, <laughs> I mean, not now, but just resurgence. So yeah. Then That's and now. Yeah. Well, it's old as new again. Yep. Um, Love, Death, and Robots is on Netflix now, as of today, yeah. I believe, volume two. I had no I, idea this was on, like, or was a thing on Netflix, and I just saw the trailer for it. It looks so cool. So I'm mm -hmm. really excited to start volume one. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't finished volume one. 
I okay. forgot what happened. I was interrupted. I was like watching through all of it. And there was one I didn't enjoy as much or something, but they're all these different shorts and right. Yeah. It's a really cool idea. And I, I like it a lot. So I'm, I'm hoping to go through one again and then, mm-hmm. and then hit up two. maybe that's something we talk about on the show. Yeah. So. Sounds good. Um, I want to talk about this a little bit. Modoc is coming May 21st. Mm-hmm. It, Modoc is from the X-Men universe and it's a Marvel show and property, but it is being streamed on Hulu, mm-hmm. which I know Disney does have a, a stake in. Yes. But why Hulu? Why are they putting this on Hulu instead of Disney Plus? Yeah, that's it's interesting that they are because I mean obviously they're they're in some sort of partnership with Hulu because you get the like Disney Plus Hulu ESPN Sports bundle that you yeah. can subscribe to. So yeah, sure they care about Hulu, but yeah, why put one of their shows on it? That seems so weird to me when they're trying yeah. to just focus so exclusively on Disney Plus. And I think it was just announced that. Disney Plus has like 110 million subscribers or something nuts. Yeah, they're doing so, just fine. Yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe it's I, an experiment. Yeah. Oh. I don't know. Uh, which, okay, so that's what I noted in the, sh- the show run here is, is it too mature for Disney Plus? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, you know, I guess, uh, but like I've been saying, um, you know, Disney, your image is trash right now. So, like, don't pretend with, like, let's put wholesome stuff or something right. on service only. I don't know. I just. Well, and it's not like uh, they're not. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess. Yeah. What would you think of, like, WandaVision and, and um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier? They're not, like, adults, but they are, but they're not. Do you know what I mean? You know what I mean? They're, they don't have uh, quote unquote adult mature, content. But yeah, you know. yeah, okay, thank you. Yeah, they're they're for a more mature audience. Like I probably wouldn't want you know have my six year old or something watch um, some episodes of Falcon and Winter Soldier, especially. Um, but yeah, they don't have like adult content. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just think that you're paying for Disney. Therefore, you should get all the Disney content. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't even like that they do the whole pay for the subscription and then pay a $30 premium to watch the new movies. Yeah, I hate that. I like that either. So. Yeah, they should just go HBO Max style. Have, yeah. uh, you know, like a different featured movie that you get to yeah. see each month as it releases. I know a lot of them, you know, I, I can understand they're trying to offset in this new means of, uh, you know, revenue here that, uh, like offset the losses, you know, as they transition yeah. to this sort of thing, but you're, you're building something for the future. You know, you're, this is, you know, you want to play the long games. game here. Yeah. Right. So don't know, but it, it looks interesting. I guess I, um, I like X-Men. So, I mean, mm-hmm. Hey, it's one X-Men related thing. <laughs> yep. Um, and I have Hulu, so yeah, May twenty first. I'll take a look. Um, are you interested in that show? Did you see the trailer and stuff? 
I did see the trailer. I'd never heard of it before, so uh, this okay. was like all brand new to me. But it looks pretty interesting, and it looks like it's got a fun cast. So I mean, like yeah. Patton Oswalt as Modoc, and then you got John Hamm, um, Wendy McLendon, which who I think is hilariously funny in Bridesmaids. Um, so yeah, I'd be into it. Ben, oh, oh my God, Ben Schwartz from Parks and Rec is in it. Nice. <laughs> Um, okay. Also, you found this other thing here um, that's yes. out today as well. Yes. Um, new movie. Yes. It's uh, The Woman in the Window, which is um, based on a novel uh, by A.J. Finn. So I read the book, I think, last year or two years ago now. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I was really excited that Netflix picked this up to, to make into a movie um, with, you know, kind of people who we've been talking about in the in the recent weeks, um, Amy Adams, who we just talked about because we of course watched the Snyder Cut of Justice League, uh, Gary Oldman, we just watched Mank, um, Anthony Mackie, obviously just watched Falcon and Winter Soldier, um, yep. and then Julianne Moore, who we'll talk about a little bit more to come because she's also in a few uh-huh. upcoming <laughs> upcoming projects. Um, but yeah, obviously an, an amazing cast. I really enjoyed the story. Um, it's a mystery of a woman who is a psychologist, but who is also um, severely agoraphobic to the point where even with med- medication, she cannot leave her home. She just can't do it. So she does all of her business online. Um, and uh yeah, she happens to one night as she's, you know, puttering around the house and drinking far too much wine, um, as she tends to do, um, witnesses a murder and attempts to like go through reporting it. Um, but she's of course like an unreliable witness, both because of her agoraphobia and because of the fact that she's a big drinker. Um, so she attempts to solve the crime herself, but with the challenge that she can't leave her house. Right. So I'm very interested very, to see it. Yeah. The trailer sold me um, for mm-hmm. sure. And yeah, big cast. So yeah. I'm, I'm hoping to watch it this weekend. Yeah. A same. lot to do this weekend, but I'm hoping to watch it. So yeah, I, I just started like five minutes of it, but uh, okay. yeah, hoping, hoping to watch it this weekend as well. Very excited. It's one of those things where like we're talking about the overwhelming number of things coming out. But when mm-hmm. I saw this, you know, it's those few things that stand out. Mm-hmm. This yep. I I need to watch this one, you know, yep. kind of thing. So need need to have that. Yeah, who knew the middle of May is just such like a big drop for everything. I just feel like, Apparently. you know, there's yeah. some weeks where we're we're just like, man, what can we talk about? What's out? Should we you know go mm-hmm. back into the archives and you know try to watch this or that? And now this week I feel like it's all the things. So yeah, yeah. yep. New uh, Black Keys album drops. Like my yeah. calendar has been full of. I just put in the calendar <laughs> things coming out or whatever, and and so I know. And yeah, it's just been a lot. So. Yeah. Um, I didn't. Also, Mythic Quest. I mean, just to, to yep. start Mythic Quest season two. So. <laughs> yep. Same. Um, in another Apple TV Plus show as well as Mythic Quest is uh, Lizzie's story. Mm-hmm. Um, and that looks like a, I think eight episode miniseries. 
-hmm. And I this came out of nowhere for me, and I it's another thing that I'm very interested in. Uh, it's sold me immediately. And again, I've started to become more confident in what Apple's starting to put forth here mm -hmm. in television content. Because um, I was worried they were going to have stuff that wasn't uh, mature or adult enough, and it seems yeah. to be not the case. So based on Stephen King, um, starring Clive Owen and Julianne Moore, mm -hmm. and I was excited about that because they're in Children of Men. Right. And, um, so I'm like, oh, they're back together. So, yeah. Yeah, this um, this I feel like has the potential to be like a really great uh, mini series version of you know what happened with like Stephen King's Green Mile. You know what I mean? Like, sure. like that blending of human drama and a little bit of the supernatural. You know, sometimes he just really hits those like really great right notes. Um, mm -hmm. Like you know with Green Mile that's that's the closest analog I can think of, of of you know kind of the the parts of Stephen King's catalog that have been turned into movies or TV shows just because it's like that you know human with again hopefully not giving away too much um a human possessing like a, a supernatural ability which that's what happens in this show so hopefully that's not too much of a a spoiler for anybody who's interested the um um my thing with Stephen King is I feel like he's kind of like George Lucas in the sense that he has a lot of good ideas. He has mm -hmm. a lot of like imaginative things that come into his brain. And um, because clearly it, based on the bevy of content that has been created based on his <laughs> works that have, you know, been quite successful at times. Yeah. Um, but when I read Stephen King, I'm like, maybe this would be better if someone else wrote it. Sure. I sure. mean, I'm just not which, into which the often style happens of the way with, he writes. Yeah, well, and that often happens with, obviously, movie and TV adaptations of his work. It's somebody else yeah. writing it. Right. So I really feel like it works a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. But like you said, maybe, yeah, maybe he just needs to, like, dictate his ideas out loud and have somebody else actually mm -hmm. put pen to paper or, you know, in this case, obviously, you know, put uh, film in the camera. Yeah. Well, it's like, um, I think if I recall correctly, he didn't approve of The Shining, though uh, he didn't he didn't oh. like that um, adaptation. That's crazy. But he liked the TV show version that he okay. approved. I didn't even know there was a TV show. Oh yeah, like the, of the, the Shining TV show. Yeah the the TV show is starring I think a guy from Wings, and the hotel that we went to, yeah, is actually the 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 real one that's based that's based on for the writing, but they actually film in that hotel I believe for the miniseries. Okay. They don't in the movie The Shining. Okay. That's a different thing. So. Right. I'm so when you go to the hotel right that The Shining is based on, then they show you video and stuff from the miniseries, not the movie. Oh, my gosh. This guy. Sorry, I'm just yeah. looking this up right now. Steven Weber is Jack. 
Interesting. Right, he's from Wings, right? In yes, he is. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Oh my gosh, yeah, funny. young kids, you know what Wings is? Yeah, right. He's, um, <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, sorry. I don't know him from Wings, um, but I know him um, from iZombie. He's, he is the, uh, the villain of the series iZombie, yes. which is criminally underrated. If people have not watched that, definitely go watch iZombie. But yeah, okay, sorry. I'm just discovering okay. The Shining as a TV series. This is hilarious. <laughs> so yeah, Lizzie's story, eight eight part miniseries, Apple mm-hmm. TV Plus, June fourth. Um, so yeah, everybody get out there and watch the woman in the window out now. Probably be talking about that. Mm-hmm. Go out there and play Resident Evil. We'll be talking about that. Um, watch Castlevania. Yes. Talking about that. Yeah, and, and uh, um, show some love to Apple TV because we don't talk about them enough. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I mean to. Yeah, Alan brings up Ted Lasso. People really seem to like that. A new season of that is coming. Um, I, I that's another one that like I feel like I have to start it soon or I'm gonna miss the moment on it. Sure. You know. Yep. Well, season two is coming, so now is the time, I guess. You know. Yep. Um, or whenever it starts, but yeah, they've been advertising it, so. But yeah, I think between like Ted Lasso and Mythic Quest and some people like this, like Servant. I know one yes. person that really yep. liked the one with uh, Jason Momoa. C, I think it's called maybe or something like that. Yeah, uh, I know what you're talking about. So that was really good. Some people yeah. liked the news one. Mm. I forget what that's Morning Show. Morning Show. Yeah, that's um, another one I want to start. Then uh, Forgetting Alice, we're in the middle of, and that's been really good. Again, very adult, um, mm-hmm. very cool, very different. And then, um, yeah, now this Lizzie story. So they're yeah. picking up the pace. Yeah, I feel like they're getting there. They're just, they had a real slow start. And I just mm-hmm. feel like they're just nowhere near on the same level that, you know, I, I mean, even taking Netflix like out of the equation because who's near Netflix, but you know, even like a Hulu or, or Amazon prime or HBO max even. But that's the thing you can't, I mean, obviously that's who they're compared to, but it's difficult because none of those people have just started. Like yeah. Apple started new HBO from max scratch. Is, yeah. HBO max is probably the closest, even though yeah, they, you know, but you Thrones, can't even do that. I mean, Wait, that's no. what I mean. Like, you can't even, you know, go there necessarily, even though, like, HBO Max is much later to, like, the exclusive streaming kind of yeah. platform thing. You know They're what I mean? rebrand and, yeah. like, moving, to, yes, not, it, moving away from cable more. Yes. Um, right. So, but Apple starts with no back catalog. That's what's different right. with all the rest of them. Everybody else right. has a back catalog. Disney Plus really isn't, in my opinion, that amazing, but they have the back catalog. Yeah. You know? So yeah. Well, and they have they have content. enough of the, like, very, you know, hot new shows. Like, they had Mandalorian, which I think mm-hmm. was just such a blessing for them. But then, of course, they were like, hey, why don't we do things like release um, WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier and Loki. And, um, you know, we don't have to make, like, ten 
you know, shows to create all this content because we already have the background content. We'll just focus on yep. these like couple. Yep. Um, so yeah, and the common thread between these two uh mm-hmm. pieces here is Julianne Moore. So I just thought, you know, wow, she's looking good here. She's been in a lot of stuff. Um, pretty pretty acclaimed actor here. What are your favorite movies with Julianne Moore? Yes, we do. We we seem to have one crossover that we both enjoy. <laughs> so, yeah. and then we have we have wildly different other movies. Um, but so yeah, so the the one we both chose is The Lost World, which I don't think gets enough love in the uh, Jurassic original trilogy. Yeah, I I have major issues with most of the Jurassic Park films, but it doesn't stop me from absolutely loving them. Absolutely. And The Lost World, I i mean, I got to see that in the theater last summer, which mm-hmm. was so exciting again. But um, I don't like the ending. Otherwise, I love that movie. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. love it. I love that they, they go a little scarier, yes. I think, with it. Um, I love that they're on an island that is not the controlled island with a park. Yeah. Um, I love the cast. I think Mm -hmm. that there's some good additions. I was always excited because in high school, when we read Shakespeare, when we read uh, Romeo and Juliet, I played Friar Lawrence. And in one of the movie adaptations, Friar Lawrence is played by a guy that's an actor in the lost world. So that's my connection. Uh, I think it's the one with Leonardo DiCaprio. Okay. Oh, and, oh, and yeah. It, and then, so the guy, the hunter in The Lost World, he yes. plays Friar, the bald hunter in The Lost oh World. He plays Friar Lawrence. Okay. Yep. Okay. And so I'm like, yes, this guy's cool. I can see myself as this guy. That's that's fun. Friar nice. Lawrence is tough. <laughs> <laughs> so. Nice. Yeah. Well, I... yeah, I, I love Lost World. I, to no one's surprise, uh, when we read Romeo and Juliet out loud, uh, I was the nurse, the uh, body joke cracking nurse. I was nobody's Juliet. I thought for sure you were going to say Juliet. Okay. Uh, I actually, you know what? I take that back. Um, I did play Juliet in one scene, but I've tried to repress it because. Um, <laughs> I it was like the balcony scene, which is you know penultimate Romeo and Juliet yeah. like romance, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it was with my friend's boyfriend at the time, uh, and of course uh, like in the world of high school like that's like a deal, you know what I mean? Like oh my god, they read this, the romantic scene together, like ooh, what's that about? Whereas like an adult, you're like we read a scene in a class, like stop it. You weren't even <laughs> acting, you're right. You're just reading it. Well, our right. teacher or, was or did like you guys a little act bit, it out some? We did act it out because our teacher our teacher was like very into that. Like she was very okay. into like Shakespeare week and and getting all that. Which of course for me was really fun, but yeah. Yeah. So, but okay. no, mostly I played the nurse. So. To to take us on a little tangent. Well, there. if only yourself then would see the things you've done in the future on the stage. Exactly. <laughs> You're like, oh my God, this is small potatoes. Get over yourself, yeah. Andrea. <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah. So but bring it bring it back. Um, I think The Lost World is is a really sadly overlooked 
Um, I feel like people mostly just remember the first, which of course, but then the third, because Sam Neill is back. Sure. You know, and, uh, the, the lost world just doesn't get that much love. That's interesting. I, I feel like uh, the third one is in the first trilogy is the least appreciated. It's, it's, I think the weakest, but I feel like more people remember it. Cause like I said, because Sam Neill's back. I, I think like, Tonally, I don't like the third one as much, but that movie is a roller coaster. Like that one, to me, once it gets going, is yeah. just a rocket. It's it's yeah. intense and doesn't stop. And the the like the ringer they send some of their characters through, I really like. I I I like it a lot. I did, I have issues with how it starts or whatever. And then you can, I even enjoy some of the comic relief actually. You know, like you know they do a good job. So. Yeah, it's like that classic, like, focused on a kid movie where you you either, yeah. like, find the kid okay or he's really annoying. Yeah. And uh, I was one of the people who didn't love the whole kid part of that, but was more interested in, like, Sam Neill's assistant who tries to, like, take the dinosaur eggs and, like, you know, like that yeah. whole, like, subplot. And he's like, oh, my yeah. God, you knew, you knew. Like, what are you doing? And then he has to, like, sacrifice himself because, Which of is course, emotional and awesome. It is. It is. Oh, <laughs> God. Even though I'm sitting there like, you idiot. It's still terrible that he has to do it. So, yeah. Yep. Yep. But, yeah, no, The Lost World is, uh, it starts out, I mean, you right away you know it's going to be darker than the first one. Because, of course, again, we have this, like, scene with a picnic on a beach and a little girl is, like, wandering away. Yeah. And gets attacked by those like terrifying tiny little mommy, daddy, look what I found. Yeah. Oh my god. Like side note, that would be the way I would not want to go. Like millions of tiny little dinosaurs. I'd rather just have like one big one, just like make a clean, you know, eating or killing of me. I don't want like tiny little thousands of tiny little dinosaurs. <laughs> no thanks. Five <laughs> thousand cuts. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank yeah. you. No, it'd be bad. And it's foreshadowing for the right, later. For later, yeah. Yeah. So. Well, speaking of dinosaurs, I actually found a really cool fossil in the field the other day. Um, oh, really? It's a, a rock with a bunch of seashells, fossilized That's seashells cool. in it. And um, yeah, I I should have if I was if I was thinking about talking about the lost world, I would have brought it in here to show, or uh, given oh, Alan the picture tell. to put yeah. up or something like that. Yeah. So. But yeah, it's really, I like it a lot. Because a lot of times when I'd find them, you get the imprint of the shell in the rock. And see, that looks cool. But this has some imprints, but also like the whole thing being, so it's got like a bunch of bumps, like half spears in the rock. Oh, oh yeah. Okay, I get you. Yeah. So it's, yeah. So That's yeah, cool. it's uh, concave and convex, but yeah. How often do you find stuff like that or just like random, you know, like dig um, up something that you're like, oh, OK. <laughs> yeah. Um, not I, I do look usually like I'm picking up rocks. I u do usually give them a look over, you know, sure. quick just to see if I notice something uh, at first glance. But sometimes they're pretty covered in dirt or whatever. And, sure. uh, you know, I 
I don't have a particularly trained eye, so stuff does have to stand out a little more. But yeah, I do look at stuff. Uh, I would say each year, for sure, I'll find something Okay. Um, when I'm working in the field. Um, but usually it's just some more seashells. This was just sure. more prominent and more of sure. them on one nice rock. So mm -hmm. um, that was cool. I remember as a kid, my dad found what must be the fossil of like a trilobite it's like the big insect you know yeah. looking thing in the water and it's yeah. got the center part that's got all the grooves and stuff yeah it was large and he unfortunately really dropped cool. it at one point and split it in half and then oh, no. glued it back together but uh yeah we always had that as a kid and was uh he was gonna bring it in the science museum i don't remember if he ever did to have him like properly identify it but it was very clearly like the central part sure. that's of one of those so that's really cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of like a fun little like surprise to look for every year. Like, you know, yeah. what's, what's going to be the find in the field. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, you find an antler or something and, and there's a lot of cool rocks. Like I definitely should study some, you know, geolo uh, geology a little bit mm -hmm. more um, because I'm sure I could identify like, oh, oh, another thing I found, I found like a, it's a, a foot, foot and a half by three inch block of chalk oh okay that's random it's like an entire rock like yeah. you can normally find some chalk but it's smaller this is like a large one that had not broken yet this big huh. slab of chalk interesting so, i could go find it and your uh, kid in a couple years can have a lifetime supply of chalk it's all white it's all white color of course but uh yeah yeah, you could uh, you could have like little chalk crayons made, and you could be like cool Uncle John. Oh, there, Alan found it. The uh, picture. That's awesome. Sweet. Yeah. Wow. That's like so clearly defined too. Yeah. So there's a bunch of them on there, but yeah, I love looking for that stuff. So. Mm -hmm. Um. Thanks, Alan. Um. What else? We got some other movies. We, we kind of both put our top three here. Yes. Of, of Julianne Moore films. Yes. Conspicuously absent. I have to know before we say which ones are the, you know, our other two. Conspicuously absent for both of us are The Big Lebowski and Boogie Nights, which I feel like are cult classics. But I don't really think of her when I think of those. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like other people's performances are what stamp those movies for me. Like, you know, Jeff Bridges or, um, right. oh my God, all I can think of is Mark. Yeah, and Mark. Why guy. can't I, why can't I oh. think of Mark's name? I mean, John Goodman for Big Lebowski, but for Boogie Nights, yeah. why, why can I yeah. not think of his name? Mark Wahlberger. Oh my God. Or Wahlberg. <laughs> his restaurant. Wow. Woo! Yeah. Okay, I got there. <laughs> yeah, I should have been able to help you, know you out like, there, but I was stuck on Big Lebowski yet, thinking about yeah. Okay. John Goodman. Yeah. Right, gotcha. Um, gotcha. Yeah. So like other people have put their stance on those movies. I just feel like she is, while she's an integral part, they're not my favorite of her. Sure. So. Okay. I just well, wanted to preface in, that because I felt like there were big glaring omissions in her like filmography that we're not talking about are our favorite Julianne Moore movies, but well, 
I will then use that to confess that I have seen neither Big Lebowski <gasps> nor Boogie Nights. No! Neither of them. Oh, my God. Um, I feel so much better about not having seen Tommy Boy right now. <laughs> <laughs> I know. There's, I mean, there's a lot of classics and well-liked things I just have not seen for sure. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, you have to, so, I feel like you have to be in the right frame of mind to see both these movies for the first time. Okay. You know? Yeah. Sure. It's still shameful. Um, and yeah. I, and you should you should <laughs> rectify that as I should rectify my my Tommy Boy, you know, omission. Um, but I did select The Fugitive. Um, yeah. Even though I don't think of Julianne Moore when I think of The Fugitive either, but I just love that movie. So it is good. It is good. Yeah. Um, and then Children of Men, which I have not seen. Oh, I, I love Children of Men. But I've not I seen Children. I love it. So okay. Children of Men, I believe, is directed by Alfonso Caron. And so that's why I first heard of him. Because then he did uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. Right. And that's one of my favorite Harry Potter movies, if not mm-hmm. my favorite one. And yeah. I think he's very talented. And I saw this movie in a very big screen. Um, the sound was actually good for it, and it was just like a chaotic, depressing, impactful experience. I thought it was, yeah, and Gravity too. That's what I was quite sure about. He did yes. Gravity as well, and I also love Gravity. So, like, he's done movies I haven't seen, but those three are the ones I've seen of his, and I love all three of them. Sure. And, um, so yeah, this movie has Julianne Moore and Clive Owen. This one focuses more on Clive Owen and it was what made me like him to start. And it was the first movie I believe I bought on HD DVD. <laughs> so okay. when I was moving, when I was moving out for college and I had to like get I got my TV and stuff for entertainment or whatever, and I got an Xbox 360 mm-hmm. and it was like, okay, am I going to do I was making that choice. Am I gonna do a PS3? and blu-ray mm-hmm. or am i gonna do xbox and the hd dvd attachment cool. well you can tell which way i went yeah <laughs> and you can tell which what how that decision went for me um not well but i believe i still kept it because it, it had both it still would work as a dvd but right. uh, i had the red bordered case and um yeah that was the first one i bought and it's an excellent, excellent movie. So okay, all right. Yeah, I do. I do obviously like both of those actors. I think um, the first time I really like loved Clive Owen was probably Sin City. Um, sure. But I've I've certainly seen you know other of his movies and and still enjoyed him as an actor. But that was definitely my like ah so good. Um, I bought so, red yeah. shoes, like red Chuck kind of shoes after From- watching him in Sin City. Yeah. Absolutely. His character is just so cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, <laughs> Alan's making fun of you. Got any Betamax or laser discs, <laughs> laser discs sitting around on the shelf somewhere? I don't. Failed I actually media. don't. <laughs> no. Everything else, everything else I have has been, has had a successful run. Uh, whether that's cassette or vinyl, DVD. Yeah. Blu-ray, 
just some of those HD DVDs. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I I had a friend in what high a school weird that blip. had. Yeah, he had he had the little like Sony. Um, so it was kind of supposed to be, I guess, a response to like the iPod yep. or something. But it was it was a little Sony Square thing, and I think yep. it was called. Um, I don't remember what it was called even, but it was kind of a disc, uh, like CD disc combo thing, mm-hmm. and it was designed to be higher quality, and I think took you know had more capacity and all stuff. But yeah, I never got on board with that either. So Sony thing it was a Sony thing. Anyways, what was the Zune? Well, that's Microsoft. That's their response to the iPod specifically. Right. Okay. Yeah. Player. Yeah. Yeah, Which I I over the years now I have consistently almost bought because I never had a Zune growing up. I had an iPod. So okay. Yeah. Yeah. The better bird. UMD. No, the UMD ounces Sony UMD. UMD was a format they used for like the PSP, I believe. Um, but a similar concept. Yeah, similar concept. Um, but, uh, I forgot what I was saying. But yeah, anyways. <laughs> oh, the Zune that you almost yeah, bought. Yeah, Yeah, and then they make fun of it in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. like, here's the Zune. This is what everybody's listened to on Earth. <laughs> thing. Yeah, but... Anyways, I could get into that, but that's a different podcast. Indeed. Um, or a different episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, what are your two other favorites? So my two other favorites um, are quite different, um, but I think her performances in them are quite amazing. Um, and the Academy agrees with me, at least on one of them. Uh, she won the Oscar for her work in Still Alice, um, which is a movie about a celebrated linguistics professor Um who is diagnosed with Alzheimer's and then early onset. Um, and then we, we go through the film as she slowly loses. Oh, Sony mini disc. Is that what you're thinking? Okay. Um, but yeah, so we, we go through the film as she like slowly loses, um, you know, first bits of her memory, you know, things that she used to know, um, professionally and she slowly like can't remember things, starts losing her train of thought has to quit her job, has to, you know, get help at home because she can't remember simple things like, where is the bathroom in my house? So she forgets, you know, everyday things. Um, But it's a really, it's a really beautiful human portrait kind of story. Um, That's not as old, right? That's pretty recent. It's, yeah, like 2013 or 14, I think. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not like just recent, but it's, yeah still i mean you know within the decade um yeah absolutely fantastic film i think alec baldwin plays her husband who eventually divorces her and can't quite because he can't quite cope with everything that's going on uh kristen stewart is one of her kids Um, really yeah it and it actually works it actually yeah she's just enough in the movie that i that i find it okay (laughs) You know what I mean? How dare you? Um, yeah, I'm I'm sticking to that. Kristen Stewart, can <laughs> at, she can at me. <laughs> um, but yeah, so still Alice. Um, I think she just gives a fantastic performance in that. And then also, uh, Crazy Stupid Love is one of those like romantic comedies that I think like is really brilliantly done. Like okay. the the portrait of her and Steve Carell as a married couple who 
like, are, you know, they got married so young and now they're in their 40s and they're, you know, like, oh man, we just, you know, did the whole marriage and kids thing, but maybe we shouldn't have. And, you know, now they're like maybe going to get a divorce, exploring their separate lives. There's mm-hmm. kind of a little bit of like, you know, different characters, elements like tie into the story in ways that you don't foresee. So it's like, you know, different characters relate to each other and you think you're following two different stories and then you get the surprise. This is how they're intertwined twist, but in not the terrible way that I think like Valentine's Day or New Year's Eve or, um, you know, like Love Actually is like the the movie that kind of started all of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, which, which I think is, is okay. Um, but yeah, I think this movie does it better. So bold words, bold. That's who I am. (laughs) Bold. Uh, You're like Doritos. That's right. Bold and 3d. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Have you seen either still Alice or crazy stupid love? I have not. You definitely should. Definitely. Yeah, that was the thing looking through the list of Julianne Moore movies. I felt like I have seen more of her works than you actually have. Yeah, yeah, same. Because she just prominent and stuff. She just, you mean, you know her, I've known her forever. I think it's probably because like seeing her as a young person in the Lost World really probably like cemented her as like she's one of the actresses. She's a good one, you know. And then just, you just know she's in other things, but I haven't seen that many of them. Right. Well, and she's just continued to have like a solid career. Yeah. Like you look back at like the 110 film credits or something like that. It's just pretty steady, you know, steady work. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, I think that's about it. Yeah. How was that, everybody, for our, our meandering, whatever we <laughs> feel like, mishmash of an episode? Um, yeah. Kind of kind of fun know. to do, do these once in a while. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. And I think we're going to be busy now with, like you say, other things for sure mm-hmm. uh, coming up that we'll be discussing more specifically. But, um, yeah. Um, that was Popcast on the Rocks, episode 59. If you've made it all the way to the end here, congratulations. Uh, <laughs> good job. You are a true fan. Make sure that you let other people know that you're a true fan and uh, like, share, subscribe, all that sort of thing. Here on Twitch and on YouTube and on Twitter and on Facebook. And you know, if you're into the social media things, go ahead and do that. Um, we appreciate your support and any feedback you may provide. Thank you to Killing the Flower for our theme song. Uh, you can check them out on Instagram, YouTube, and Spotify. I also play uh, video games on stream with my brother-in-law, Lucas333. That's Lucas with a K. Uh, on Twitch, that's usually Monday, Monday Wednesday, and Friday. That's like four. It's been about four, four something um, p.m. Central Time. Um, so take a look at that. We played some Fortnite today, and um, I think that's about it. We'll probably try to be back at our regularly scheduled time next week um, mm-hmm. with something fun to talk about. And until then, thanks for joining me, Andrea. Yeah, as always. Cheers, everybody.